thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey there, Mums the Word listeners. We are at episode 17 today, and I'm pretty excited about that. If you've listened to all the episodes so far, thank you very much. If you've been sharing them, thank you even more. And if you've written us a review or a rating on iTunes, well, you get extra, extra stars and gold stickers. Today's guest is Emily Jones, and she's a hypnobirthing childbirth educator, a hypnomothering educator, a placenta encapsulation specialist, infant massage instructor, fertility support educator, and a mother to two beautiful souls a wife to another, a friend to all, and peaceful birth seeker. She is passionate about calm beginnings from conception, birth, and beyond. It was through a beautiful entrance into the world that was so peaceful and empowering that it compelled Emily to share this amazing gift with other families. From this birth, her business, Acacia Wellness, was born, and like her family, has grown into something special. After speaking to hundreds of women approaching birth filled with fear and anxiety, Emily identified that communication was often at the crux of these feelings. Emily's My Birth Wishes app is a trusted birthing companion and the must-have app for all pregnant families worldwide. It's really exciting what Emily's done for the birth world and uh, I'm not going to share too much. I'd love you to listen to the episode. Tell us what you think. Join us over on the Facebook page and enjoy the listen. Here you go. Good morning, Emily. So excited to get this episode underway. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me because I do want to just say that I am absolutely loving the podcast. I'm loving what you're doing and um, I'm, I'm hoping that the audience out there is getting a lot from it because I know that, that I am and, and I'm working in the field. So um, I'm really, really thrilled. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I am a mum of two amazing children first and foremost. I have my daughter who is four, Grace, and my son who is two, Oscar. And not only do they keep me really busy, they teach me probably more about myself than I think I teach them some days. Um, but like lots of birth workers out there, it's really because of them that I do offer all of the things that I do. They sort of were the pinnacle of, of me branching into this um, this birth world. Um, I guess I, I grew up with stories of my mother's own birth experiences and they were really imprinted in my mind and I suppose probably lots of other um, stories that I heard as well. But, you know, my mother's stories were were probably at the forefront of my mind and I guess they weren't really instilling me with a great amount of, of confidence and I was really petrified of, of giving birth. And so when it came time for, um, for my husband and I to, to start our family, I, I knew that I kind of wanted my births to play out a bit differently to that. But I um, really sort of struggled with that idea about, you know, enduring pain during childbirth and that birth is this sort of horrible, traumatic and painful experience. And even though I knew that that's what lots of women out there were experiencing, I just couldn't seem to, um, I guess, grapple with the idea that that would be my experience, that I, I didn't really want that to be, I guess, my passage of, my rite of passage as a, as a woman. And so um, we fell pregnant with our first child and unfortunately that pregnancy did end up with, with a miscarriage. And I'd long sort of struggled with this description of, of miscarriage because I really felt like it placed 
um, a lot of blame upon me. And I, I did a lot of sort of soul searching around this and um, tried to move that feeling that I'd sort of done something wrong. And I ended up looking up the definition of miscarriage. And the definition is actually that it's unsuccessful or undesirable outcome to something that was planned. And this is, it just accurately described exactly what I was experiencing. Like I was completely utterly broken by this experience and it filled me obviously with this huge unbearable amount of grief um, but also when it became time for me to be pregnant again I was still filled with this horrendous amount of fear and anxiety you know like there wasn't a visit to the toilet in my second pregnancy where that toilet paper wasn't checked um, and I was really constantly living on the edge even though I was enjoying the experience of being pregnant, I was really terrified of losing it all again. And um, I was also studying alternative therapies at the time, so I was doing a nutritional medicine degree. And so I started to explore these alternative ways of birthing and looking into things that I could do to try and alleviate my anxiety around um, the miscarriage, but obviously birth itself. Um, and I started asking lots of questions and researching like this crazy pregnant woman with all these hormones flowing through me you know a little bit of dr google going on but um you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a fixer in my life like that's i find solutions people come to me with problems and we you know we work it out i, I always feel like there's a solution to everything um even if it's just being at peace with something but um i guess my search for a calm birth experience was really fueled by wanting a, a better birth for myself and also a way for my husband to better support me during the birth as well because um, he had this extreme fear of hospitals. He was really worried that you know, he'd be found sort of lying on his back on the floor or with his head in the toilet while I was birthing our baby and that he wasn't going to be there for me at the time when I guess I maybe needed him both. Um, so there's sort of all these, I guess, big life experiences and changes that have happened Um I guess in a short period of time, but also the stories that have been told that really um, fueled us to sort of search for alternatives and, and find these solutions. And so we we did head along to um, a hypnobirthing program and we really left that course very excited, um, filled with lots of trust and very empowered about um, going into to this birth. I really just felt really confident and, and so did my husband. Um, it sort of also helped to eradicate a lot of the fears that obviously I'd been preordained with from listening to these birth stories, particularly from my mum. And also I was able to shift a lot of that anxiety that I was, I was feeling. So um, it kind of, the birth of my daughter really led me um, into this, this path. Um, It allowed me to have a really empowering childbirth um but also the process of achieving that um was a really big learning experience for me um and it's funny like there's this saying that you know the moment a child is born the mother is also born that she never existed before the woman existed but the mother never a mother is something absolutely new and that saying really resonates with me because this is so true for me you know through the birth of grace and then again through the home birth of of Oscar, I became this completely new woman. Like I knew I had to share this knowledge and and the methodology and and all of the tools that I'd learned with other people. So really Acacia Wellness, my core business, um, was really born at the same time as as my children. Um, 
And, and I've been very fortunate to be able to support lots of couples and families and even grandparents navigating their birth and parenting experiences. And through those connections, um, I've really spoken to lots of people about their fear of birth. I've listened to hundreds, maybe even thousands of stories about this huge communication gap that I really felt needed bridging. Um, you know, sometimes it's white coat fever or a lack of knowledge that really it's the, the women who have a choice about their birth care. Literally just before I started speaking to you was um, reading a story from, from somebody in my community that whose, whose care provider is um, you know, not listening to her desires and she really doesn't know what to do and she's feeling trapped. You know, these are the sorts of things that I hear about all the time. Um, and, you know, even though the reasons for this are varied, the bottom line for me really comes down to education and communication and that's um, really the crux of what I do. And so um, I'm fortunate that I get to, to educate lots of people through my Acacia Wellness business and, and in all of the different classes and workshops that I offer, um, but the communication side is still a little bit lacking. Um, and so that's when I embarked upon the road of of app development <laughs> yeah so I mean just just going back to some of the I mean you've obviously I've got so much to say already yes. and you know like awesome um that quote is one that I love too and it's something I shared on episode triple o when oh, you know yeah. I was interviewed about why I'm doing this and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that that whole birthing of the mother is is something that is overlooked and and needs to be addressed because we do change. And and then just the other thing I was going to say is like how beautiful and how authentic the work that you're doing that really you've experienced it yourself and you just want to help people kind of like this podcast as well. You just It drives you enough that you say, I know there's a better way. I want to share it with you. So I'm just really touched already by your story. But, um, you know, so for the listeners – like yeah, let's just go into what got you to what you're doing now because it's an amazing, um, amazing progression. Yeah, so I guess through um, just in conversations when you're working in the birth world, you speak to people um, all the time. You know, it might be at school pickup, it might be at the supermarket. It's amazing when these conversations come up. But um, you know, so many people talk about you know when they explain their stories to me about you know I you know I wanted this type of birth or I you know spoke to my obstetrician about this and my midwife said this to me and, and there was this often um, I guess a disconnect there and um, I guess I wanted to be able to provide a tool for people to be able to really take use something and take a place to I guess compose their thoughts and ideas you know lots of people I guess refer to this. Um, the My Birth Wishes app as a birth plan app. But there's such a negative correlation these days with birth plans. And you know, lots of people often say to me that they don't want a birth plan, they just want their baby to be born safely. And and I totally get that. I, I do because that's what I want as well. But I don't understand why a birth plan is viewed as something that's, you know, setting you up to fail, that has this negative comfort connotation and that the desire for a safe birth is not also as in, as important as a positive one. Um, and so I wanted to try and, and create a tool that would be able to put these two things together essentially. And you know, I also think that birth plans are viewed as being synonymous with that sort of horribly coined term birthzilla. Birth I don't know if you've heard that term, but I, I hear it all the time and I absolutely hate it. It's just so disempowering to women um, because women are entitled to have amazing birth experiences and be active participants in that process. And it doesn't matter what type of birth 
they want or have, um, you know, it, it's, it doesn't matter if it's a vaginal birth. It doesn't matter if it's a cesarean birth. It doesn't matter if it's something in between, but it needs to be a positive experience and the women need, and, and the, the, the men, the birth companions as well, have to be active participants in that. And I sort of liken that approaching birth a little bit like when you approach a wedding. You know, you don't plan a wedding and not write at least one list. Um, I don't even go to the supermarket without a shopping list because invariably I'll come home with a whole heap of chocolate that I don't necessarily need. <laughs> well, it's just like getting thoughts down on paper at the yes. end of the day, isn't it? You know, it's like it's like any goal in your life or, or you know, what you want to yeah, achieve in the next five years. If you don't set it to paper, you know, it's not necessarily or if you don't post it on Facebook to everybody, <laughs> right? So I, what we're trying to say, I think we're, I agree with you, is that if you don't have your mind's eye clear on what you want, and this is just an ability to express it and have it written down, it's not necessarily that you're saying it, is, it can only go this way, I'll only accept this way. It's more that I've actually thought about how I'd like things to go and, you know, this is my ideal. The same a triathlon person has some plans and goals and they, they're racing and they not go the way it goes. Exactly, exactly. And and that's I guess that's why I don't call it um, – or refer to them as birth plans only because of that feeling and I guess that immediate, um, I think the word plan makes you feel like things have to go exactly as you've written them on the page. Um, you know, so it's something like birth preferences or obviously as I've called them birth wishes, there's a huge difference between planning your birth with an expectation that everything will play out exactly as you imagined it would and, you know, sort of ticking each item off as it, as it happens and then having an understanding of, of what your options are and what's available. So let's just get it all out in the open. I would be probably pushed to find someone that had a birth wishes or a birth um, plan or birth preferences that everything, how it ended, looked like how it looked on paper. Let's just put that out there, yeah, right? Exactly. Every child is going to have a different birth. I mean, speaking to yeah. Jeannie Ohm, five different babies, five different births, all yeah. at home, all in it, but all different. So this is what we love about our kids that they're all different with different personalities. So if we just get that out there, then we yeah. can move forward, right? That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And really creating your birth wishes is just providing you, as you said, that opportunity to think about what decisions will you make in a particular situation or might make in different scenarios because, yeah, every birth does play out differently. So let's have a think about, you know, if this scenario came up, you know, maybe what, what would we do or what are some other options available to us in this scenario? Um, you know, inductions is a great example. You know, am I, am I approaching my, you know, estimated due date or as I like to call them, guest dates? Mm -hmm. you know, am I approaching my guest date? Am I getting pressure from my obstetrician to be induced chemically? Is that something I want? Yes, okay, that's fine. No, okay, what are my other options here before we go down that path? And if we go down that path, what's the outcome of that? And if we go down this path, what's the outcome of that? It's really about making informed decisions and that's what I'm a huge advocate for. Um, you know, sometimes, well, not even sometimes, most of the time when you're particularly birthing in a hospital um, and you're not in a midwifery-led program, the midwife who attends your birth never met you before. They have no idea what your wishes are. Um, there might be some notes in your file, but... Really, they don't know you. They don't know your personality. Um, and so being able to quickly provide them with something that gives them a pretty quick idea, a pretty good idea around the sort of person you are and the type of birth that you want to have is going to expedite that relationship building um, that's really required, particularly in the birth uh, in the birth 
birth room. Um, and also, if you want something to happen that's not standard procedure for your hospital, um, it's really important to know that first. Which means you need to investigate what is standard procedure. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, rocking up to the hospital with your, you know, beautiful birth wishes and that being the first time that anybody, any of your care providers have seen it is not the way to go about it. You know, the idea is to really create these um, these wishes together with your birth companion, discuss all of your options and talk to your care providers about this during your pregnancy, not when you're in labour, wanting to actually birth your baby. Um, and I guess that's the other thing. I'm a big advocate about, you know, obviously I'm, I'm here to support the women that are birthing our, our babies, but it's it's about the whole team. So it's about um, also providing some support to those birth companions out there so that they can be an active participant in the labour and so that they can act as an advocate for you so that you can really just continue to birth your baby the way that you you know how to um and to so that they have a tool to to use and to reference to when they're speaking with the care providers yeah absolutely and so what does the app involve i mean does it does it stop at the birth itself or does it go on to maybe um the early perinatal or let's say postnatal period an example maybe you have plans uh, to breastfeed and I don't know, you have a premature baby that's never on anyone's plan and suddenly, you know, you're asked to go home after five days and the baby's there and, and you, you know, what, you know, does it end there or I'm just curious, yeah. just yeah, sort of so throwing that out there. Absolutely. So it's, um, it's broken up into three, uh, sorry, into four um, different sections. So um, I guess options around pre-birth or pre-labor, uh, options around labor itself um, we also have specific cesarean birth options, whether it be elective or emergency um, or just circumstantial. And then um, the fourth is that immediate postnatal care. So skin to skin, optimal cord clamping, um, breastfeeding, uh, all those sorts of things. Um, what was the other one I was going to say? Keeping the placenta. So there's there's lots of immediate postnatal uh options included in there as well we have about 80 icons so i guess amazing this is a good point to point out the difference of this tool you know birth the birth wishes is a visual tool so what it does is it actually uses very distinctive icons to illustrate all the aspects of birthing from you know from labor to postnatal care and um so rather than providing a really lengthy wordy birth plan um, that takes ages to read. Everything is just represented in, in an icon format. So there's a, there's about 88-odd icons and we have a, a running tally at the moment of, of some extra icons to add in as, as people start using it. But, um, you know, sometimes I see five-page documents, five-page birth plans, you know, and they're, they're beautifully written out and there's a huge amount of thought that's gone into them, which is, is great because it shows that, you know, this couple of have done their research that they've, um, you know, looked into to really what they want. But realistically, obstetricians and midwives aren't really going to invest the time to read a five-page document or potentially even have the time to read it, particularly if you're just rocking up to the hospital with it whilst you're in labour. Um, and that's... Five that's, minutes apart. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> or less, as, as the case may be. So, you know... The other thing is that those sorts of documents are really going to offside your care providers because we're not here to tell them how to do their job. What we're really doing is just guiding them along the path that you've chosen. 
we're, what we're wanting to do is to connect with them to ensure that they understand us as the individuals that we are as opposed to maybe following a set protocol not based on your your individual uh, experience um, but it's really just a guide um, and and so that that was why I wanted to to help to bridge that gap of communication to just make it really clear and I feel like the, the icons do that really successfully. Amazing. Uh, and, and how's it been received, obviously, by um, people who have been using it? Have you had feedback about that? I've had amazing feedback, actually. Um, Yay. Just not even just from um, mums and, and dads that are using it for themselves, but even from birth professionals, you know, midwives and, and doulas and, and allied healthcare professionals. I mean, the feedback has been phenomenal. And this this app, um, you know, it was it was quite funny. It was a little idea, a little seed that was planted in my mind and I was thinking about and I mentioned it a few times to my husband and, you know, what do you think and do you think we could do this? And I was just going to create a website and I didn't really, like I'm not technical by any stretch of the imagination, but thankfully my husband Richard is in IT and he said, you know what, this needs to be an app because it needs to be in everyone's pockets. It needs to be something really easy for them to, to access. And um, and I said, great, I'll do all the creative side of it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do all the techie stuff. And so it, it worked really, really nicely. And um, Oh, what a lovely it. project to do together, though. <laughs> it really was. It really was. We get to sit next to each other on the couch at night time and, and, and talk about you know, the sorts of options that we might get to put in there and he could put his, his technology knowledge into it and I could put my birth knowledge into it and um, it, was, it was really lovely um, to, to do that together. Um, but, yeah, the feedback's been phenomenal and it's been released worldwide. You know, we sort of, the, the initial, I guess, idea was that, oh, we'll just release this in Australia. I think Australia could really benefit from this. And we thought, oh, well, let's just do Australia and New Zealand. And then we thought, Oh, let's do Asia Pacific, and then we literally came time to launch it. We said, "Oh, let's just go worldwide. Like, who knows?" And I'm so pleased that I did that because I'm getting feedback from the Americas, from the UK, from Europe. I've had people downloading this in Zimbabwe. Um, Amazing! It's just been phenomenal, and so you know, I really felt like you know this this could change the face of birth. This could change the way that we create and build relationship with our care providers and and ultimately improve birth in whatever way that it looks but just improve birth and that was really my goal so I'm hoping that that is what's happening yeah. and knowing a lot of um, midwives and doulas myself it's not really necessarily about how the birth goes it's how a woman perceives that it went exactly. yeah so what you're not necessarily changing birth but you're changing um yeah people's I guess the feeling that they're left with afterwards that's right their experience yeah and that's exactly it as you say it's not it's not the the documented outcomes it's it's the emotion um, behind that for sure so so if there is a third for you two um you'd be pretty clear on what you want and don't want uh, I'm sure (laughs) you know which icons um you know um (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that is a contentious conversation in this household great great love it love it so um look with all that you do and we haven't even touched on some of the work that you do um with fertility support and 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 working with families um in the hypnobirthing world what are some quotes or affirmations that you would love to share or even just one that is i guess around this whole topic or birth or pregnancy 
yeah, it's yeah. meaning to you and I mean you must have heaps yes oh gosh I know it was funny I, I was thinking oh my goodness because we share that mother one that you know yeah yeah absolutely no I think the one um that's probably at the top of my list and um that I that I talk about very regularly with people um is from the great Marie Mongan who created hypnobirthing of course and it'd be remiss of me as a hypnobirthing practitioner to 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 forget about her but she says when you change the way you view, view birth the way you birth will change. Um, and it really is my favourite because it's the foundation of how I've approached both my Acacia Wellness business and my birth wishes because if we fill our lives with belief systems of negativity and trauma and fear and stress, then this becomes our reality. But if we fill our belief systems with love and with confidence and trust and compassion and understanding and knowledge, then all of that becomes our reality. And so that's really how I approach my whole life, um, even though it's a birth quote, it, it, birth is life. You know, we, when we're birthing our children, we're giving life. We're, we're, we're coming into this world. And so you have to approach the rest of your life in the same way. And so that's really where I'm coming from with birth wishes. It's just changing the way you view birth because then the way you birth will change. Yeah, so relevant. It's kind of like if you believe you can, you can, you're right. And if you believe you can't, you're also right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I would love to hear, and I'm probably guessing that it's something to do with um, IT, but maybe you want to share something else just to, to let mums out there feel, you know, that um, we're all in this world together, we're all normal, we all have struggles and challenges. What would be one that you'd like to share a time when you struggled, um, maybe personally or professionally or, or together both? And what did you learn and how did you get out of it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of um, intermingled between personally and professionally because that is my life. Like I, I professionally, I do what I live. So um, it was really, I guess, those first few weeks after my daughter was born, you know, I was really filled to the brim with this you know, beautiful oxytocin and you're swimming in that great love that you have for this this new baby. Sometimes you're sort of drowning a little bit in that love, but I'd had such this amazing euphoric birth experience and I'm adjusting now to life of a newborn and around about the eight-week mark I was quite surprised when this beautiful content sleepy angel became a very alert and active baby who seemed to need little to no sleep and that really <laughs> confused me <laughs> and like most new mothers do sort of get confused and you start to do that self-blame thing, you know, because surely I was, you know, I'm the mum, I must have been doing something wrong, you know, I'd eaten something different or I'd, you know, maybe I needed to have a stricter routine or maybe I needed to be more go with the flow or was she too hot or too hot, cold or hungry or overfed, I mean. Oh, I sleep, so resonate with this. Doesn't it? The sleep deprivation. Oh, yeah. Just completely eroded any rational oh, yeah exactly <laughs> and you know I really felt like I was failing and I was failing really fast like it, it once that feeling takes hold you start to go under pretty quickly and you know that newborn storm that I like to call it is really heavy with that sort of self-doubt and everyone has suggestions on how you should do this you know what changes you should make or how what I was doing was causing this change in behavior and one of the big things for me because we were so sleep deprived was the fact that we bed, were bed sharing um, and we we started bed sharing because we were sleep deprived. Um, we were, you know, it was the way that we were getting the most amount of sleep together and um, it's always been a, a big point of debate but someone very wise asked me how sharing a bed with my baby was affecting my situation positive or negatively. They really wanted to get a feel for how that in particular, that one thing that was 
really wreaking havoc on my emotions about whether I was doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Was it positive or was it negative? Um, and the thing was is that it was positive because we were getting the most sleep that way, all three of us. Um, the negative is that my family didn't agree with it and that they thought that she would just never sleep on her own. You know, she's in your bed and she'll just never get out, you know, that old adage. And then this very wise woman point out, pointed out to me that, in fact, my bed sharing had no impact on my family's lives whatsoever because they were the ones that were sleeping through the night. They had their beds all to themselves. And, in fact, most of them were probably bed sharing with their partner themselves. And she said that she bed shared with all five of her children, all of which were grown adults, so were well into their 30s and beyond, and none of them were still sleeping in her bed. You know, she had this big smile on her face. I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, I'm not going to be, I'm not sleeping in my parents' bed in my 30s. Um, but it really made me realise that I needed to listen to my intuition, to my instincts, and to really take my mind out of it. But realistically, I know my body. I know my baby better than anybody else because particularly because I was bed sharing, I was with her 24-7. So I think I knew her pretty well. Um, and also I guess that there's, there's no one way to do this, just my way and the way that feels right for me. And this was a really pivotal, pivotal turning point for me, that realisation that, you know, I have the tools to understand my baby and what works with me, that motherhood itself isn't really a different ball game. There's just a couple of new players in it and what works for me one day might not work for me the next and that's totally okay and it's okay to go with the flow and it's okay to listen to what your gut's telling you. Oh, I love you sharing that story and um, that woman was very wise and, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day it really just needs the tummy test, doesn't it, you know? Does this feel good for me? Yes, exactly. You know, and and look, look, not to get into the whole co- bed sharing, co sleeping things, but a lot of things I read is about the baby's breathing rhythm and being in sync with yours. And at the end of the day, they've been nestled in with you and your heartbeat for nine months, and then suddenly they're not. I mean, it, you know, in terms of them settling, in my experience, anyway, I went straight back to sleep. You know, and I woke up, oh, baby's there. You know, so even when I tried to use the the um, the co sleeper, which was attached to the bed, every now and then I'd still. You know, I just was so fatigued. You know, and um, a lot of cultures do um, do all share a room and and share a small space as it is, and I think they're doing fine as well. Absolutely, and you know, I think I think a lot of the time when people are offering you suggestions, um, I I try and look at it that they're actually pro- they're always projecting their own experiences onto you. So it's good not point. Like good point. Tell me that what you're doing is wrong. It's just that this was their experience and. You know, sometimes people feel challenged by the fact that if you're doing something different to them than actually what they were doing wrong. So it's not actually them thinking you're doing something wrong. It's them going, oh, well, you know, this is what I did. And Maybe I should have done that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's a great point too. So um, what drives you and what gets you up in the morning with your two littlies and to be away from them, I guess, uh, with the work that you do? Yeah, well, I guess passion is probably the biggest thing. I really love what I do and I love that I get to be a part whether it be big or small, uh, a, a part of new life coming into this world, of being able to support families to to navigate their transitions into parenthood, whether it be from, from birth or, or afterwards. Um, but also my own children, you know, aside from the fact that they're my, my everything, I really want the world that they are growing up in to be filled with amazing energy, with peace and with calm and and, you know, that sort of saying, be the change you want to see in the world, mm-hmm. I guess by doing what I do is really me being the change that I want to see. And this 
um, really gives me the ability to, to bring about positive change. Yeah, if it's if it's meant to be, it's up to me. <laughs> and and I am I am very grateful and very very lucky that I have an amazing support network around me that enables me to to do this work um, without sacrificing time for my children. You know, I, I get to work from home. Um, I, I teach my workshops in my home studio. My my um, my clients sit in the very spot where my son was born. Um, love you know, it, love it. Just, very, very fortunate to, to be able to, to do the work I do but still uh, have them around. How sacred. Very, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was very hard for me to sell the apartment in Amsterdam. You know, both kids were born in the living room there and we used to dance in the lucky spot and, yes. you know, it is hard to let go of that. But uh, there's been many children born in that house, luckily. it's um, That's a Dutch old house from 1900, so it's pretty special. Um, what would you want to share with either your younger self uh, or new mums now out there just from some of your wisdom? I think trusting yourself, whether it be trusting your body, trusting your instincts and really don't worry what other people think of you or what you think they think of you because you're doing an amazing job and don't worry about all of the stuff. And I speak to so many new mums, particularly at places like the Baby Expos where you and I met, and you know when I ask them how are they feeling is usually my phone, how are you feeling? And the first thing is always overwhelmed. And, you know, really I always say babies just need three things. They need somewhere warm to sleep whether it be in your bed, in your arms, in their own bed, it doesn't matter. They need something warm to drink, whether it be from your breast, from someone else's or from a bottle, and they just need a warm hugs filled with lots and lots of love. The rest of it is just stuff, and whatever you do, you're doing an amazing job. So just trust yourself because you know it better than anyone. Yeah, I love that. I think something to add to that is also if you do feel that there's a lack of support maybe around friends or family is to find your tribe. Because there are lots of people who will be doing what you're doing and, you know, there are different ways to parent and, and find a tribe because I think that's just that reassurance of strength in numbers, you know, that I am I am normal, I'm okay, and, uh, you know, that, that gives reassurance as well. Yeah, village and community are really, really important and whether it, I know lots of mums um, are able to do that physically, I know there's lots of mums that are, are unable to do that physically, so seek out a tribe virtually um, because because they are there, they do exist, um, and it's, yeah, it's really good advice. Oh, yeah, there's uh, baby-wearing groups and, you know, milk-sharing groups and, I mean, you, you name it, there's, there's enough on Facebook these days. Thank God, especially out in rural Australia, you know, where we live. Um, not in rural Australia, but in Australia. And, and um, I'd love to hear just some of your invaluable resources that we could share with the listeners, things that have helped you along your way, um, that we could just let them have some, uh, some of the love Absolutely. Well, I love, love, love Pinky McKay, and she yeah. is the wise woman that, that I was referring to earlier. Great. Her book, um, Sleeping Like a Baby, was so affirming for me. It was everything that I innately knew um, and that logically made sense to me, but I really struggled with the, you know, the shooters of my life, those well-intentioned family and friends offering advice with the what you should do is X, Y, Z. So reading her book just confirmed for me that I was doing the right the right thing, even if it's not what was right for everyone. Um, and it really helped me to overcome my anxiety around sleep and trusting my instincts. Um, and, you know, all of that um, really, really helped. And I also adore her Parenting by Heart book. Um, it's, it's also an excellent, excellent read and resource. Great. Um of course, the hypnobirthing book is is fabulous for those seeking 
um, seeking information around birth. It did not even necessarily um, to have a hypnobirth per se, but just it's a great foundation to have an understanding around advocating and inf- informed choice and those sorts of things. Um, and an online resource that I love is askdrsears.com. I really yeah. like yeah. really what he has um, and it's, it's a very reputable source. So I really like him. I love him and he's actually his wife has written a few beautiful books for kids as well. Um, there's one about eating healthy foods that taught us about red light foods, green light foods and amber light foods. So, and that was a great one. And also baby, a baby on the way is a nice one to share if you've got a baby in the belly. So she's got some great books out as well. I've, I've really loved sharing those. Um, I'd love to hear how people can get best, get in touch with you and find out more about your services, Emily. There's so much, but um, just for the people locally or even um, globally with your website, could you let us know some of that? Absolutely. So um, my birth wishes is mybirthwishes.com. It's facebook.com forward slash mybirthwishes or Instagram forward slash mybirthwishes and Acacia Wellness, which is A-C-A-C-I-A wellness.com.au and, again, facebook.com forward slash Acacia Wellness and Instagram forward slash Acacia Wellness. And so there's an email address on one of those that they can reach you, I guess. Yeah, great. And, of course, let's not forget the app where we can find the app. So you can find the app either directly from the website and you can click on your platform. So it's available on Android and Apple devices, both phones and tablets. Um, or if you just search My Birth Wishes in your app store, it will be down, uh, available for download there. And the download is free. Um, so you can download the app and have a play with it and, and you'll see if it's of value to you. Amazing, amazing. I, I love I love what you're doing. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast to share everything uh, that you're doing. And I'm just question curious, what did you do before? Um, <laughs> before yeah. you had kids or got pregnant? Because it's, yeah. so, it's so, um, yeah, I guess it's so aligned now, but I'm just curious uh, what you were doing before, if it's anywhere near or completely removed. It's really removed. It's quite funny. I actually, I started doing um, a science degree in disability studies because I, I have my brother who um, has some disabilities and I that felt that that was the field that I wanted to move into and I felt it was really restricting. It just was not meshing with someone that had experienced disability um, firsthand. I was like, no, this isn't right for me. And so I took a break and just, just grabbed a call centre job and I ended up working for this company for 15 years working in payroll and human resources. <laughs> so <laughs> completely unrelated but... Um, we actually, my husband and I travelled, we backpacked for a long time, um, almost a year, and then on our honeymoon we spent a couple of months trucking around Africa and that was really... Wow. Yeah, it was when I realised that you know, there's a bigger world out there. There's, there's more to this in my life than what I'm doing right now and I'd always, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd always been great, I guess, at customer service because I like to connect with people um, but it wasn't, the passion wasn't there anymore and so... And that's when I came back and started doing my nutritional medicine degree. And then, funnily enough, we fell pregnant and that was when the journey started. And that's sort of why my business is called Acacia Wellness because of the Acacia tree um, that I fell in love with while I was over there and how it represents, you know, the family tree. And it's also the Australian wattle is part of the Acacia family. So it kind of connected everything in together for me. So. Yeah, it, it removed, but I would never have done this if, if I hadn't have had those opportunities. So. Amazing. Well, you started out helping people and, you know, yes. it's not so far removed, different <laughs> avenue and outlet, I guess. I'm so grateful for your time and um, I can't wait for this episode to be released, really. 
Me too. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thanks, Emily. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.